What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Stories of the UO. I am your host, Daniel Fries. We are here with episode four of this series. I am joined with my good friend, Knight Yuretsky. Here, he is a junior here at the University of Oregon, part of the SOJC, like myself and like some guests we've had in the past. Um, and the reason he is on today is because he's done some pretty amazing sports broadcasting work that we're going to delve into a little bit. Um, besides that, can you please tell us a little bit more about yourself, Knight? Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, I'm a junior. Uh, I'm originally from a small town in California called Fraser Park. It's about an hour south of Bakersfield. Um, but I've just been doing uh, sports broadcasting since my freshman year of high school. Um, came to U of O, got involved with KWVA as a freshman, uh, started working with them, and then uh, eventually worked my way up to assistant sports director as a sophomore last year, and I've held that position since December of 2021. So that's just kind of been a, a little bit about me. What drew you into sports broadcasting originally? Uh, it's actually a really cool story. So um, my dad, he worked in Hollywood. He would commute over an hour to work, and so he was a big baseball fan. And so I'd be at home watching baseball games on the TV, and his car radio would fade out on his drive home. And so on that drive home, he'd call me, and I was about, I don't know, eight years old, and I would just be watching baseball, and he'd be asking me about the game. And eventually, he was just like, hey, can you try to do, like, play-by-play -play of the game to me over the phone right now? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I just started with the basic stuff, you know, like, man on second, one out, you know, top of the seventh, whatever it is, and... He started giving me little pointers, being like, talk about what's happening in the crowd right now. How many people are there? What way is the wind blowing? And giving me little pointers and stuff. And so we started doing that. And I think after a week of just broadcasting to him over the phone, he just was like, yo, you know, you could like get paid to do that. And I was like, people get paid to watch sports? Like, no <laughs> way. And so ever since then, I've just kind of wanted to go into sports broadcasting. Uh, there was a period in my life where I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian, but then I saw a cow eye dissected, and I was like, that ain't for me. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I definitely wanted to watch sports. Um, and then my freshman year of high school, uh, I was playing football, and during that spring, I got offered the position to do PA announcing for um, baseball. And I was getting paid 20 bucks a game to do PA announcing and to run the scoreboard. And ultimately, the athletic director of my high school was like, hey, thinking about starting to do a live live streaming program uh would you be interested in doing public play and i was like yeah that's what i want to do and so i quit football that next day and i started doing play-by-play -play for anything from water polo to football to basketball whatever i could do i started doing and so i did that for three years and that's just kind of what drew me in I, I i found out that i love it and so i've just always wanted to do it, it doesn't feel like work mm -hmm. yeah and here we are now um like every guest i have on i had to do some stocking of the LinkedIn, of course. Your most <laughs> recent baseball experience was the play-by-play -play man last summer for the Springfield Drifters. They were um, an inaugural local baseball team made up of college kids. They played in the West Coast League. Um, tell us about how that was, because I know you did a lot more than just pure play-by-play -play broadcasting. You really took the position a next step forward. How was that? It was awesome. I mean, for me, I, I've always wanted to do play-by-play, -play, and the summer prior, I did play-by-play -play for the Conejo Oaks, which is in the California Collegiate League, uh, so summer baseball. I thought it was going to go back to the Oaks, but housing situation didn't really work out, so I started looking elsewhere. Um, my family had just moved to Oregon uh, during the year I was a senior in high school and graduated, and so 
I was looking around in the Oregon area, and I saw that the West Coast League was a thing, and I saw on Wikipedia that there was going to be a new team called the Springfield Drifters. And so I literally just, like, cold sent an email to uh, Jamie Christopher, who was the GM at the time, and just was like, hey, I broadcast last year in the California Collegiate League, so you guys are starting up a team. Um, are you guys looking for a broadcaster? And eventually we met for coffee at Cafe Roma and I sold them on myself. <laughs> I was like, I can be the guy for you. And so um, got involved, used some of my equipment, some of the equipment that the drifters had, um, and then just broadcast all the games that I could. Uh, called, I think, over 40 games. I think there's 52 games. I couldn't get the first series, uh, which is I was up in Bellingham. I had like finals, so I couldn't get to Bellingham. but. Uh, was here for all the home games, went to a lot of the road games, uh, ran some of the social media, did a lot of uh, stories with the players and coaches, created Tommy Talk, which was really fun, mm -hmm. uh, where I got to interview Coach Richards each day before the game, and that built a really good relationship. And so um, working with Coach Richards was great. That eventually led to getting a contract with Bushnell Baseball and Softball this year. So for KWVA, we're having our students at UofO call Bushnell Baseball and Softball, which is huge. And so there was a lot that went into just the drifters, uh, all the media aspect, building relationships with the players and coaches. But it was also a good thing because it was also benefiting KWVA in a sense. And so I, I loved it. I mean, it was the best summer of my life, way more fun than I had in California the year prior. And that was a great summer as it was. Yeah. Um, I'm curious a little bit more about California. Let's let's talk about the Conejo Oaks. I've never heard of that team before. What were they like? Oh, it was great. Um, I mean, it was at Cal Lutheran University. And, you know, it's the cool thing about the Conejo Oaks is there's actually a U of O connection. So um, I think three years before I got to Conejo, a guy named Jonathan Rifkin, he started up the broadcasting for the Conejo Oaks in the California Collegiate League. And he held the position for two years. During his second year, he brought along Jordan Brenner, who was my head sports director at KWVA when I first got involved as a freshman. And so... Those two did it. Brenner did it for another year after Rifkin had graduated from U of O. Rifkin's now broadcasting for ESPN Plus, uh, working with Cal State Fullerton, working with Point Loma, San Diego State, all down in that area. He's also working, I believe, at a radio station in San Diego right now as well. Uh, Jordan Brenner now working for the Oregon Sports Network, working with Oregon Baseball, broadcasting that, working with Joey McMurray. Um, so those two guys were involved with the Conejo Oaks, and after my freshman year, Jordan was like, hey, I'm not going to have the Oaks job anymore. Would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, I would. And so he recommended me for the position. I applied, interviewed, and then got involved with that. Um, a lot different than the Drifters because the way the West Coast lead works, it's a lot like minor league baseball where you have three-game series and you travel on the road for those three-game series. For the Oaks, you had six games a week. You were off on Mondays, and you played at a different team each day. And so, like, one day you were driving down to Orange County from Thousand Oaks, where we were. The next day you're driving to San Luis Obispo, which is two and a half hours the, the opposite direction. I mean, it, you were going all over the place, and that, that was the crazy thing about the Oaks. But, I mean, overall, it was a fun summer. Built great relationships there. Um, but that was my first taste of summer collegiate baseball, and – I think that just working in broadcasting the last two summers in summer collegiate baseball, that's been the most fun I've ever had. Because all it is is just telling stories, watching baseball, and getting to meet a lot of cool people from all over the country. Yeah, and as you've alluded to during a lot of that experience, you also have done a lot for 88.1 KWVA Sports. Mm -hmm. um, it's a Eugene-based radio station here. In, they record in the EMU. 
Um, go check it out if you guys haven't before. It's pretty pretty cool setup. Um, but you've also there been mostly on the sports broadcasting scene. I want you, to the best of your knowledge, name every sport and team you've covered through KWVA. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. So this year I was the voice of Oregon Volleyball in 88.1. Call acrobats and tumbling the past two years. Got to call the national championship last year for acrobats and tumbling. That was really cool. Um, Oregon football, I called five Oregon football games this past year, including the Holiday Bowl. Um, got to call Oregon women's basketball. This was the first year our station got to call Oregon women's basketball. Oregon men's basketball was my first ever coverage. Never called it because we don't have the rights for that, but I've covered it. Um, I've called Oregon softball before, also covered Oregon softball. Trying to think if I'm blanking on any. I've never been to Oregon soccer um, for any coverage or call. I've, I called lacrosse as a freshman. That, that I mean, <laughs> I think that's pretty much all the sports other than soccer and Baseball I covered. I covered the regional two years ago, so I'm, I'm not sure if – never been to tennis. What uh, about outside of Bushnell? Any other, like, Eugene like, local teams? Uh, yeah, so I was the voice of Thurston High School football. Um, that was really cool. They got to go to the 5A state championship game, so I called that. Yeah, they're really good. Um, they were really good. They almost had a three-peat. They won back-to-back state championships, um, but they didn't go back-to-back-to-back. Um, and then I called – Thurston boys and girls basketball as my freshman year I called South Eugene boys and girls basketball so kind of been in that Eugene prep scene as well as Bushnell getting to, getting to call volleyball there and now baseball now so yeah no shit. Of... you've been you've been all <laughs> over the place that's good for you um it seems like a majority or maybe not a majority but I know for a fact that through all those sports through all those teams baseball definitely has a special place in your heart um, tell us an absolute dream scenario. What would you like to be working in baseball, maybe in 10 years? Oh, I mean, I, I'd love to be in the MLB. That'd be really, really cool. Um, but, you know, I, I think that it's going to take some time. Like, it's really hard to get to the MLB. Uh, Zach Bigley, who is a KWVA alum, he actually just made his MLB debut broadcasting for the Texas Rangers earlier. So that was really cool to see him kind of be in my shoes in the past decade and to see where he's at today. And so I think it's similar to him. I, I want to be broadcasting in the MLB. Um, that's not his full-time job. You know, he's still in A right now, but he's getting to call some MLB games with the Rangers uh, because they're his affiliate and he's close by in Frisco and those early season games he gets a chance. So I, I think down the line in 10 years, hopefully AAA, that'd be like pretty cool, I guess. But uh, we'll see where baseball takes me. I, I really like calling baseball and I think that – you know, if I'm calling AAA, if I'm calling MLB, if I'm calling summer ball, or if I'm calling just college baseball at that point, I'm going to be happy because at the end of the day, I love calling baseball. Mm -hmm. um, I'm mad that you alluded to your acrobatics and tumbling, what you <laughs> did with that, because that was a question I was excited for. You ended up doing some stuff through ESPN with acrobatics and tumbling. Yep. Please tell us about that. Yeah. So I actually got to work with ESPN again this year with volleyball, but um Agrobacks and tumbling was a sport that I knew nothing about going into it. Um, last year, I got a text, and they were like, hey, we're looking for somebody for acrobatics and tumbling, and this was on a Wednesday, and their first meet was on Saturday. And I was like, yeah, I can do it. And all I knew was that, like, Oregon was good at acrobatics and tumbling. Like, I'd just see the poll and be like, oh, Oregon's number two in acrobatics and tumbling. Oh, they're number three in acrobatics and tumbling. I was like, oh, this is a top five team, so I'm going to get involved. Knew nothing about it. Uh, went to practice on the Thursday. Went to practice on the Friday, interviewing players, coaches, just trying to learn the sport called the meet by myself on Saturday. 
I don't know how they asked me to come back because I just did not know what I was talking about. But they asked me to come back, uh, got me a color commentator. It was Alexis Cross. Um, she was the director of Women in Flight last year. She was amazing. She was a natural at doing color commentating. And so after those two meets, um, Pac-12 Network got a hold of us and asked us if we'd be available to be paid freelance to call acrobatics and tumbling on the Pac-12 Network versus uh, Baylor. Did a really good job with that, they said. And uh, I got a call from Janelle Cook, who is actually a U of O graduate. She was a softball player at U of O. She's the director of the NCATA right now, and she called me and was like, hey, we're looking for somebody to call the national championship. Can you do it? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And that ended up being on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, that was an incredible experience because that was my first time getting to call a national championship. I was 19. <laughs> like That was pretty crazy. Um, but, I mean, just everything that goes into it that feeling of just walking in and having all your equipment set up for you having like no prep other than like you have a scheduled time to meet with all the coaches and interview them beforehand you didn't have to show up a couple hours early set up all the equipment get everything squared away like my credential was taken care of my food was taken care of like everything was taken care of for the first time which was really really cool um but uh, that was an unforgettable experience and getting to interview coaches on camera because I'd done a lot of radio work, but I hadn't done a lot of TV work. And so that was the first time getting to do that. And that was really fun. Yeah, I know. Definitely special, <clears throat> especially for a 19 year old, as you mentioned. I want to get into some favorites question. Um, what's been your personal favorite team, any team, any sport to cover in your um, in your 20 years of life? Ooh, oh, my gosh. That's a good question. Um I don't know. The Drifters this year was pretty fun. I, I think like even though the team went 17 and 37, I made really, really good relationships. And that was just a really fun summer. Um, I think the good news is they walked it off three times. So at least like <laughs> that was like a fun thing, like over half of our wins at home or walk off. So that was cool. And getting to travel on the bus with the team and stay in the hotels. That was just a really cool experience. Um, but I think like Oregon volleyball this year, I think that was just a really, really cool team to be a part of, uh, Brooke Nunaviller, her fifth year, and she was just phenomenal. Uh, the team went all the way to the elite eight and they were a point away from going to the final four. And I was there in Louisville calling that, and that was just an incredible experience. And so I think that was probably the most fun I've had covering a team because I got to travel a lot. I got to go to Minnesota, uh, called the Pac-12 Big Ten Challenge. That was a really awesome experience. And then getting to call the Sweet 16. Uh, Elite Eight, and then getting to call the first round on ESPN Plus. So I think Oregon volleyball this year, but the Drifters pretty close. Yeah, no, it's I don't know what I would pick over those two. That I didn't <laughs> realize that you had also made it all the way to ESPN for volleyball too. I didn't even make a question for that, but we could talk a whole another <laughs> ten minutes about that. Um, how about your favorite call through any sport, any team? Also, describe to me what the context was, um, what the call was, why it was your favorite. You know, it was Oregon versus Nebraska this year in the Sweet 16. And I think what made it so special was just, A, Oregon going to the Elite Eight. That's just incredible for the volleyball team because when I came to U of O, I didn't really didn't know much about volleyball. I had called it like a few times in high school, but that was like it. And for Oregon volleyball, when I got to campus, that was the position that I wanted when I first joined KWVA. That was my first call. Sean McPherson was play-by-play -play for that. And I remember leaving my first color commentating call and being like, I want to call Oregon Volleyball someday. And so 
two years later, after calling Bushnell volleyball the year prior, I finally got that position. And just to see my work as well as the team's work and progression throughout the two years and seeing all these players that I saw two years prior be to where they are now with Brooke Nunaviller on the team and Georgia Murphy being the libero that she is, that was really special. But Nebraska is really, really good at volleyball. Like, I don't think people realize how good they are at volleyball. Like, they had made the Sweet 16 31 of 32 straight years. Like, that's insane. No shit. <laughs> like, yeah. just for any single sport. And so the fact that Oregon was able to go five sets with Nebraska, the fourth set, I forget what the score was, but it ended up going, like, 10 points after. Like, it was, like, 35 to 33 was the score of the fourth set to force a fifth set, and then Oregon just dominated the fifth set. That was remarkable. And just the talent on the floor. I mean, that was the best volleyball I had ever seen. The defense for Nebraska was incredible. The offense for Oregon was incredible. And it was just back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, the good guys won. I would have said the Elite Eight because that was a fun one, too, with Louisville. But Oregon didn't pull it out. So, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's got to be one that your team wins. Let's let's take it down a little bit more. How about your favorite singular play that you called? Do you remember off the top of your head what you said in real time, and then same question, why was that your favorite line or few lines? Okay, it actually just happened a few weeks ago. It was uh, Bushnell Baseball, and I'd called 13 innings of this game. It goes to the 14th inning. This is like a three-and-a-half-hour game at this point, which NAIA games go normally around two hours. This is like three-and-a-half. I'm exhausted. It's the 14th inning. This is the longest game I've ever called. And... All of a sudden, there's a hit-by-pitch, a pass ball, and a guy in scoring position with two outs in the bottom of the 14th inning. And Cade Chris, who was a Springfield drifter from Thurston High School, won three state championships at Thurston, comes up to the plate and hits a double down the left field line. And Bushnell walks it off. And in that moment, I said, light the torch, baby, on the walk-off. Because, <laughs> like, Bushnell, their, their thing is, like, the torch is lit. The torch is lit. And so, like, in that moment, my head was like, light the torch, baby. <laughs> that was the walk-off call. And just, like, A, Cade being the guy that he is, a hometown hero, like, a kid from Springfield playing in Springfield now for the Beacons, coming up in the bottom of the 14th and hitting a walk-off Combined with that call, that was my favorite moment. I think that was probably my favorite play, just baseball in general. Yeah, it sounds like the stars definitely line on that one. I think also maybe a little bit of relief that the game was over. Oh, for sure. And then yeah. we had another game because Bushnell plays double headers. <laughs> so that was game one. And then game two, they lost like 9-1. to one, So it made everybody forget <laughs> about the lockoff. But that was still a cool moment. Yeah, sounds like a long day. Um, I want to know what makes – what's the difference between a good – broadcaster and a great broadcaster in your opinion i think a great broadcaster tells stories and they tell them in the right moments and i think that a good broadcaster knows how to tell the plays and knows how to call the game but i think a great broadcaster tells really really good stories and when i'm hit listening to other guys like gordon miller who's a really good hockey broadcaster just the little subtle things that he does in the heat of so much action being like this guy passes it over to the right side he just recently signed a three-year contract worth 3800 or whatever. I guess not 3800 but $3.8 million or something like that. Um, just able to fit in those little details that tell a little, really good story. Um, for baseball broadcasters, I mean, you really get to know a broadcaster based on the stories they tell. I mean, I think that the best broadcasters, you get a little sense of their personality. You're not just hearing them call the game. You're hearing them 
talk about the game while showing their personality and giving you what's happening on the floor, but not doing too much to just talk about the game, but also to talk about the story beyond the game. So I think that's the difference between a good broadcaster and a great broadcaster. And how you kind of already mentioned it by listening to professionals, obviously, but how do you practice a craft like broadcasting? Maybe besides that, do you like watch games and maybe mute it and just call it out yourself like you would call it if you were on TV? Like, how do you practice? Uh, I mean, I think that I've been really fortunate as of late just with the opportunities that I've had where I'm calling like four out of seven days a week and then hosting a radio show two other days that I didn't really haven't had enough space in between my broadcast to practice like that. But that's definitely how I got started. Um, I find myself now listening to broadcasts with the volume up higher. And the reasoning why is because a lot of the times now I listen to what other broadcasters are doing and I'm thinking, ooh, he set that pitch up really well. Oh, he really called it right there really nicely. Oh, I really like that word that he used. And so I'm thinking about all these words that these guys are doing. I write it down in my notes in my phone and then I try to apply that to my next call. And it's just a constant game where you're broadcasting and then you come back and then you listen to your tape from whatever you just called. So like when I called Bushnell, I come home, listen to an inning and see, all right, this is where I'm at now compared to this is where I was at a month and a half ago. This is where I've improved. This is what needs work. And I think that's where I'm at now. Not as much sitting in front of a TV, muting it and just practicing just because I'm getting a lot of practical experience now, but I'm taking that practical experience, listening to my tape and then trying to get better for the next broadcast. That makes sense. You might be one of the only people I've ever heard that likes listening to their voice, if that is true. <laughs> but um, no, that is, I've never even thought about that. Writing down words, making notes, that's a perfect way to do it. Um, any future broadcasting jobs or projects that you'll be working on in the near future? Do you want to talk about them here? I mean, I'm just going to be back with the Drifters again this summer. I'll be doing play-by-play again for that. Uh, those broadcasts going to be on the Springfield Drifters YouTube channel. Uh, right now I'm broadcasting for Bushnell Baseball, so I guess that's what's coming up. And then in the fall I'll be back for Oregon Volleyball, just trying to get that experience, I guess, you know, going into that senior year. And I like calling volleyball. I like calling baseball. And that's basically all that I got planned for the next, I don't know, eight months. <laughs> yeah, stick to your guns. Um, I did mention before the um, the recording that I was going to have a surprise for you. I want the the audience to get a real sense of what you're like as a broadcaster so i found a sports play here i know it's one that holds some personal merit in your heart because you're a giants fan and this was a great play and i've muted the play so i'm going to show so, it. so you want me to broadcast i like, do on the spot right now i do and it's a play i feel like it's a play that you've probably processed in your head before i'm just going to show it to you right now is it the travis ishikawa it is Oh, it my is, gosh. It's one of the best videos of all see, time. See, here, here's the fan. thing is, like, I've watched this so many times because this is my comfort video. Like, this is that video where, like, if I've had a rough day, I'll go home and I'll just watch that <laughs> and I feel better. And so I've listened to Joe Buck call this so many times. I was li- listening to John Miller's call. I feel like if I'm calling this, I'm just going to try to, like, impersonate one of them. You're going to call it by heart? Mm. Mm, I don't know. That but I can, make, I, can, I, I can try. Let's try it. That would make sense, though, what you're saying, because the call is pretty iconic. So um, I'm going to put it up here. The crowd obviously can't see it. It's Travis Ishikawa, 2014. Michael Walker, the pitcher, right? Yes, yeah. Michael Walker's the pitcher. I'm going to start the video right <laughs> now. Walker ready. Ishikawa at the plate, swings and drives it deep to right field, over the Levi landing sign, the Giants win the pennant! 
They're going to the World Series. The Cardinals are going home. That's perfect. That's all I could ask for right there. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, yeah, that's all I got for you. Do you got any kind of social media, any kind of portfolios that you want to plug, or are you good? Uh, yeah, I mean, all my social media is Knight underscore Yuretsky, K-N-I-G-H-T underscore J-A-R-E-C-K-I. And my website is com. Pretty simple. <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you so much again for taking the time today, and uh, good luck with the rest of your term. Appreciate it. You as well. <laughs>